Chapter 1, Mars, Earth, Canada, 2039-0902, Martian, Canada, 45-11582. I'm sure I'm a dead man. I'm seated on a large red boulder next to my rover, outlooking a gaping crater that was once the first permanent Mars colony, Futurum. The science of the valleys, Montalurus, is broken only by my heavy breathing. My throat feels sealed off. I am steaming up my face mask. Beyond the dense smoke, spewing from the crater, a colony rubble spreads over a wide radius. Metal debris splintering against the red sand and the rocks. My head spins, I'm sweating, despite my suit's cooling system. I hope it's a hallucination brought on by the weed brownie. Maybe I died in the explosion. Maybe I'm having an out-of-body experience. What was I thinking while I signed up for this mission? I'm 32-year-old chef from Tom's River, New Jersey. I don't know anything about surviving on a barren planet. I just prepare meals. I stand up and yell at the top of my lungs. Is anyone else alive? I wince my voice bounces off the inside of my helmet. With my source of food, water and oxygen gone, I don't think you'll be living on this planet much longer. Or anything, anywhere else for that matter. Or quiet is interrupted by a clink of shifting rocks. Let's turn towards the sound, and there's two figures standing just beyond the fringes of the colony last radius. I spring to my feet, I squint. I'm not the only survivor. I make a f- few steps towards, I squint harder. It doesn't look like they are wearing spacesuits. I try to sw- shake off the marijuana haze as I climb into the rover, reaching for the power button and turn on the vehicle. Not the shifting gears, I carefully press the accelerator pedal, slowly approaching them. A bouncy ride, the clouds of red dust kicked up the tyres, making it difficult to see. Two figures of the size of preteens, preteens, although one is several inches taller than the other. Each has two arms, two legs, on coppery, wrinkled skin. Neither I, either I messed up, more, messed up more. Uh, I'm more messed up than I think. All these guys aren't human. Two of them marched with large feet, and short one has a sizable belly. Both wear tunic tops and most fitting trousers, more from metallic, made from metallic orange and silver, like they're wearing Harley Davidson duds. I break about twenty feet away. They alien step forward towards me. Convinced they even tend to vaporize me, ray gun, or make me just late. I wet my wet suit, sweat suit, spacesuit. Not my best day. Their large heads bobble as they shuffle. Their big black purple-less, poopless eyes are fixed on me. I've had nose and no ears. Have them look like sharp pieces. I climb out the rover, raise my right hand, and wave. They glance at me over... Mission training never occurred for this. I raise my hand again to wave and shout, Long live and prosper. Tufa hala hala shamagaha. Then I try the Vulcan salute, bending my four main fingers into two to form a V. Though I positively they can't tell, because my hands are in a glove. My station. No reaction. This is going well. I try again. Kalamutu balalama nikakotu. I remember the line from a movie. My dad made me watch when I was a kid. The day the earth stood still. It's the first thing that pops into my head. Again they look at each other. 
A strange voice resonates in my head. Kula Tatotu Balabala Nikatu, are you intact? At first, I think I imagine I hear it again. Kalatutu Balahata Niku, what transpired here? I watched the two ladies closely, but don't see any males movement. Any male movement. Kalatutu Balabada Nikatu, can you comprehend such a voice? Yes, I responded to your voice. Please, don't kill me. Kalatutu Balaraku, said the voice. We intend no harm. Hey, how am I hearing you? I'm not, I'm, I asked, pointing my ears. I'm not Kadapadu Bargo Nico. I'm Dixon Jenner. Two Martians amble over, Rover, and short run the big belly, walks around the Rover, before stopping and placing a hand on the side of the vehicle. Good witches, Dixon Jenner. I am Bicker. And this is my partner, Sipper. What, what, what then is Kadapadu Bargo Nico? I shall have no clue. How are you communicating with me? Voice in my head changes. Who took telepathy? How else would one communicate? It must be the tall Asian keeper. She wears a dozen bracelets up and down her arms. So you understand the English language, I ask. We transmit and receive thoughts from one another to another. From one being to another, says Bika. I do not come into the concert English language. Are you kidding? I shall climb back into the room over. The missus step fall over. I don't know why. I would laugh hysterically. It must be the brownie. What a brownie, says Zipa. Did they cause you to top over? How did you hear that? I never said anything. You did, said Bika. I also heard you. I grimace. I don't like the idea of you and my thoughts. You can block your thoughts whenever you wish, says Zipa. I just think of a black wall or something. I don't know. I stand up shaking my head. Yeah, I'm going to make that. I have to work on that. We picked up the shop ways from the denotion and continues. This is why we journeyed to the surface. Personally, she was opposed to investigation. Said Bika, your voice cuts me off. This is not accurate. I don't want to interrupt my activities. Bro, that shock I'm running. There's constant negativity back from you, says Bika. I step aside the reality. Great, I've travelled over 100 million miles. I listened to a couple bigger. We have not beggaring, replied Sipa. We just have dissimilar protectives. It breaks in smile. Well, I assume it's a smile. The covers of mouth moved. The corners of mouth move horizontally. What type of structure is constructed here? I see perceiving, creeping closer to the edge of the crater. I walk kick at a small turn in front of my boot. I came from Earth, from 23 other people. We have a colony here. Are you Earth, an earthling being? Said Beaker, reaching out to touch my suit. And why are you wearing a strange outfit? I would die outside the suit. Your mum is too hard for you, her beings, I mean earthlings. Your community is precisely above. Odd wedding, says Beaker. What happened to it? There is only this large depression. My wife voice wavers. I don't know where to start, man. I put a mission to establish a permanent colony in your planet. I gaze at colonial walls in the distance. Evangelius Menorinius. We call this Buddha. Why, why, but why here, says Zipa? We are told that canyon walls will provide protection for the winds, I say. Looks like the winds would not have been your primary concern, says Zipa. And, and how come could this community have been if it's gone, says Beaker. I feel as though they have weights on my shoulder. It, it was permanent, I don't, I don't get it. I was setting up new, tonight's dinner. I was having trouble with nuclear oven. Nuclear? said Beaker. We're not quite 
greeted with this. Me neither, I respond. Buzz from the brownie makes it difficult to focus. I wish these aliens would stop interrupting. I needed an armed mission engineer to look at the equipment. She was out with a group collecting rock samples. That means a little pointless endeavour. This heap the surface littered with rocks. A point I'm trying to make, I say, frowning, is that while I'm waiting for them to get back, I hopped into the rover. So I felt two remaining brownies were pressing against my ribcage, the ones I had been planning to share with Tammy, to kill time. What about the brownies, that's our super? You continue to mention them. Are brownies another type of ethylene? said Beaker. No, I don't like, I don't, I don't, didn't say anything. Is this Tammy being a, brown, uh, being a brownie? said Beaker. I pick up a stone and toss it towards the crater. Tammy was a part of the crew. You aimed me to let me know she's back at the colony. I headed back. I say, when I heard this explosion, and then I got here. It was just a tummy spin in my head. I looked back at the crater and sobbed like a baby. How unfortunate, said replies Peter. Waiting close to the crater. He carefully avoids several pieces of great debris. and still smouldering, but yet you survived. But the other beings did not. I couldn't survive out here alone. I spoke out my voice quaking. I ran Beaker to by the arm. Can you help me? No need to be alarmed, said Beaker, pulling my arm away from my grip. You will come with us. We will assist you instead of saving you. Beaker, be sensible, snatched Beaker. So stepping in front of her partner. We cannot have the other being with his eyes with us. What are you sisters saying? Holy crap, I say, dropping my knees. My knees. You can't leave me here. Please help me. We cannot leave this unfortunate earth being. This by here, said Beaker. Patting Sipa on the back. Do not be distressed, Sipa. I have formulated a strategy. I scrambled back up, letting up a huge breath. I stopped and said, I hear you. Wait, there are many more of you? They look at each other, smirking in a straight mouth wave. Their heads bob from side to side. I tell us. They must be mocking me. Yes, said I, said Sipa. There are sixteen million beings under the surface. Sipa, and I quote his tally. There, sixty-three million. Do you have an persistently correct? Want to be persistently correct with me? I just want to assure our visitor, because this is the most accurate statistic. Stop being so sensitive. I'm not being sensitive. There are two marshes are keeping me out. I could be dying. They would not be hissing. They would be having a visit. Of it isn't creeping anyway, said Beaker. You're not being lucid. It could be the brownie infection keep mentioning. Beaker, maybe their being is ill, says Sipper. Then I looked down in the auction and get in my chest. I'm a little desperate, I murmured with a shaky voice. Even the Martians, Martians couldn't pick up the sound. I'm not going to survive much longer as a suit. When I run out of auction, I'll be dead too. Beaker turns up, turns and plods towards the closest canyon walls. Follow us, we resolve your, your leisure supply yacht to be aware. He stops and turns his partner. That is, unless you. Have an objection? No, says Sipper. I occur that we cannot leave this earth being alone on the surface. It'd be cruel. Can we return to our dwellings? I detest the surface. I abandon my rover and follow the two margins of her, glancing back to my portable 3D printer, lodging the back of the vehicle. He's made the power button blinking on and off. I know it might come in handy, but it can't produce oxygen. But yes, my duress is much like the Grand Canyon, but deeper. With no vegetation, massive rock foundations show over its all sides. Overhead, the sky is hazy with big clouds of dust, blowing 
well above the canyon floor. I cannot see the earth through the red swelling sand. A few steps ahead of me, a bow-legged alien model like a pair of aliens. I have difficulty keeping up in my suit and space boots, stumbling through the rough terrain whenever I pick up my pace. Five times I trip and fall onto my hands and knees. They waddle ahead. Bigger turns to me to look at me, his head cocked up one side. What does it mean? Things are so fucked up. Crap, you've been reading my mind, I say. I've got to get my hang on this blocking shit. Blocking shit? Apologies. But I had an impression you have been uncertain. Having uncertainty about coming with us. No, not at all. We continue to hike across the rough terrain till we almost at the red cliff face. We are about to walk around a shallow crater. I hear voices that don't belong to Mika and Sipa. Two Martians freeze. A beaker grabs my arm and shoves me on a large rock. I peer around our shelter to see that what has them alarmed. A group of blue Martians, standing over a chubby one, stretched out naked and brown. They peek and see that. He's reddish. Well, more reddish-orange than an overripe tomato or an oompa-loompa. Who is that? This is Chichito, our grand leader. He controls our government and many Martian enterprises. He's a very powerful being. What is he doing here? He takes pleasure in going to the service. The lie in direct sunlight, said Peter. Turns out he's out of him brain pain. As in that, in that unusual view. What you are the, the Who are the other aliens Martians around him? I ask. Well, he's a sexually important being, says Peter. They take direction from him as an assigned task complete. Oh, an underwriter, I say. And why are they blue? They are two distinctly martial classes, said Mika. The one third of Martians of Manchins, who is a class of belonging we belong to, and many of them from the upper bar class, and more make the blue pink dangation. Mika, 